You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Peter chapter 3. Last week we uh, started, it'll be a, a short mini-series. I didn't say it was going to be a short message tonight, but it'll be a short series uh, on the home, and I hope it'll be a blessing. Last week, uh, fellas, if you missed it, you need to go back and listen because uh, we dealt with the, the responsibility of the husband, and uh, we said you are to dwell uh, with your wife according to knowledge. There's a dwelling and a discernment, and then the wife should be treated with dignity. Did you know every husband ought to treat his wife with honor and respect and love and kindness and the list goes on and on? And then we said the dividend, the, the reward for that is a happy life, is being heirs together of the grace of life. And then we said the dilemma. The dilemma is, the Bible says, if you do not follow God's plan, the Bible says your prayers could be hindered. And I don't want my prayers hindered. I know that for sure. I want God to answer prayer and I want to be right with God. Tonight, I'd like for you to notice in 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start in verse number 1. And I want you to notice what the Bible has to say uh, to the wives. It says in verse 1, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation or the conduct of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation, your, your holy conduct coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair or of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as ye do well and are not afraid, with any amazement. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts in these moments we're together. Uh, Lord, I do not believe that this is a, a filler. I do not believe that we just have the preaching just for something to do in a service. But I believe with all my heart that the preaching of the Word of God can change lives. I believe that it can help our families. I believe it can strengthen marriages. And I believe it can make a difference for eternity. And so, Lord, I pray that we would not miss what you have for us these next few moments this evening, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Before I forget, after the service, I hope you will thank Andrew and Mary Beth for coming. They'll be in the lobby, and hope you get some CDs, and hope you'll also greet Bethany, who's with us uh, today from California, make her feel welcome as well. We're so honored to have uh, these guests with us today, and uh, they've been a blessing to us. The Bible tells us in this passage what God's plan is for the home. Now, I need to preface this by saying that God's ways are higher than our ways, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And aren't you glad we serve a God that's a whole lot smarter than we are? Amen. Hallelujah for that, because I'm not very smart. I'm glad that God knows exactly what he's doing. Now, there are some things that I cannot explain to you. 
I have to admit, I don't fully understand how it all works, but I know that God said it. And I know that if you will obey God, I know that God will bless you and God will take care of the results. Here's an example. I cannot explain to you how when you tithe, and I believe the tithe, 10% of your income, I believe according to the Bible, I believe 10% belongs to God. Now, all of it's his, but he requires the tithe, 10% that you give back to God. And then beyond the tithe, there's the offerings and there's other things that you feel like, I want to give this because of love or because of appreciation or gratitude or whatever. But, but to me, the, the tithe in the Bible is very, very clear. I don't think there, there's a, an issue about that. But I cannot explain to you how you can do better with 90% of your income than you could do with 100% of your income. Or let's take it a step further. We've got folks in our church, and I don't know, I don't know how much you make and how much you give and all that, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know we've got people in our church that give a whole lot more than 10%. You know why? Because we're supporting almost 90 missionaries because we're running buses and we're doing all these extra ministries and all these great things. And so I know there are people in this church who you give above and beyond that. I know you give sacrificially. I know some of you, you give by faith. You probably give more than uh, you can figure out on paper, but here's what I'm saying. You give 10% of your income or you give 15% of your income or maybe 20%, some may be more than that. I don't know what you do, but I cannot explain to you how you can do better and how you can have more at the end of the year giving 10 or 15% of your income than if you kept it all. I can't explain that. But I can tell you this, it's true. Because God said it. And if you and I will obey God, God will bless you. And you can't always figure it out. You can't always uh, do the math. And you can't always make it all add up. But can I tell you, you obey God, God will bless you for it. Now, we're talking about marriage. I will tell you this. I was talking to a pastor recently, a pastor friend of mine, and I didn't tell him what I was preaching tonight, but we were just talking. And he said, you know, brother, he said, this idea of marriage and this idea of, of submission in a home, he said, it's a foreign concept to this world. He said, people will look at you like you have lost your ever-loving mind if you say, because uh, uh, the way the world views it is that the wife and the husband are on an equal plane. Well, I would disagree with you on that because I think we covered that last week. I think the wife ought to be treated better than the husband. I think the wife ought to be treated with reverence and dignity. So we're not talking about who's better, who's smarter, who's got it all figured out. We're talking about God's order for the home. And God's order, the word submit, it literally, it's a military term. It means to rank under. Uh, you may have a boss at work. You're smarter than the boss. You've got more experience than the boss. But if that boss is in that position, then your responsibility is to willingly submit or to rank under so that it works. Did you know that uh, two-headed monsters are kind of a scary thing? Actually, a one-headed monster is pretty scary too. But if you've got two heads, that's not going to work, right? And so somebody's got to be the head. We'll look at it some other time, but we go back to... Uh, the curse from the Garden of Eden, that was where uh, the, because of that, then the wife is to be subject to the husband. We could go through all that. But I want you to notice what it says in 1 Peter 3, in order for our homes to work, in order for our homes to be helped, we must follow God's plan. It says in verse number one, it says, likewise, ye wives be in subjection 
to your own husbands. Now, look at that word likewise. The word likewise, it means similarly or in the same way. You say, well, similar to what? Well, go up to verse number 18. The Bible says, servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Whoa, hang on. We're talking about subjection in 1 Peter 2. And here the servants were to be subject to the masters, not just to the good masters, not just to the masters that treated them well, but to the ones who were froward. That froward means the ones that were crooked. The ones, the ones that were, were, would try to cheat you and the ones that would try to steal. God says if the servant would be in subjection to the master, God said he'll take care of the master. He'll take care of that. You just fall in the rank in which God has placed you and God will take care of it. Verse 19, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief and suffering wrongfully. Some of you are saying, well, pastor, you're just now starting to talk about my marriage because there's a lot of grief and there's a lot of suffering going on. I hope not. Verse 20, for what glory is it? If when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called because Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So what we see is there may be times, ladies, as a matter of fact, there may be a lot of times, ladies, where the husband doesn't even know what's going on. I've been there before. But your responsibility to submit or be in subjection does not depend on the competency of your husband. It depends upon you willingly submitting to the word of God and doing what God has said. And God will take care of the rest. So number one, we're going to go quickly here. We see subjection. This is God's plan. The subjection is a reverence. Now, this passage, 1 Peter 3, is dealing with specifically wives whose husbands are not even saved. You see how it says there, uh, if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, God's plan for the home is that the husband be the head of the home and God's plan is for the husband to be the spiritual leader in the home, but it doesn't always work that way. And there are times where a wife needs to submit to that husband and by her submitting to that husband, that husband comes to know Christ. Not because the preacher gets up and preaches, not because a soul winner knocks on the door, but because the husband sees something in that wife that makes all the difference because she follows the word of God. You see, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Can I tell you, people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear a witness, but people also need to see that Christianity is not something that we put on on Sunday and we throw off the rest of the week. People need to see that Christ is real in our lives, and that is very obvious with those that you live with. You see, they know if you're real or not. You can fool people at church. You can fool people at Sunday services and in the Sunday school class and on the bus route or in the choir perhaps, but the people that you live with every day, you're not fooling them. They know if it's real in your life. We see subjection. 
Verse number one, the Bible says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. It doesn't say be in subjection to the pastor. It doesn't say be in subjection to the Sunday school teacher. But it does say be in subjection to your husband. You see, this is not a one-time answer. This is not something that you say, well, I told my husband one time, I said, okay, we'll do it your way. This is not a one-time uh, scenario, but this is a way of life. I believe husbands ought to earn that respect. I believe husbands ought to be worthy of that respect. But can I tell you, sometimes, ladies, the husband's not worthy of it. And sometimes, uh, Brother Andrew and I were talking this morning, and uh, we were talking, and there's sometimes where our wives, they might go along with some things or whatever, and later on we think, boy, I wish I would have listened to her because she actually knew the right thing to do. But can I tell you, we ought to be, uh, ladies ought to be in subjection whether the husband is deserving or not because God commands it, not because the husband is worthy. Number one, we see subjection. Number two, I want you to see the structure. For a wife, the Bible says that your adorning, and that word adorning is talking about an orderly arranging of things. This is how you want to put your life together. And can I tell you, we sometimes we live life just, we, we live on the fly. And well, whatever happens, happens. And, and we don't have a plan. But I think we all ought to have a plan. I think we ought to have a plan for our marriage, a plan for our, 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 our homes. I think we ought to have a plan for our lives. I think you ought to have a plan for how you're going to serve God and how you're going to walk with God. I think we all ought to have an orderly arrangement for our lives. And that's what that word adorning means. The adorning, the Bible says in verse 3, it's not to be a focus on the outward. Okay, this is the key here. This verse is not saying that you, ladies, it's not saying you can't do your hair, okay? It's not saying that you cannot wear gold. Uh, if that's the case, then a lot of you are going to have to hit the altar because you got a wedding ring on or you got a necklace on. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying that you cannot wear nice things. That, that's not what it's saying. But what it is saying is that your focus should not be on the outward, what it's saying is that your focus should be on the inward. And by the way, this is talking to wives, but let me say this is true for teenagers. This is true for husbands. This is true for every Christian. If you're more worried about what the outside looks like than the inside, you got problems because you may be impressing people and you might be looking good to your peers, but what about God who sees and knows the heart? You see, the arranging or the structure, number two, the most important thing is not what is seen on the outside. But the most important thing is what is on your heart. I was telling uh, Joanna, we were talking actually this afternoon, and she said, uh, Jeremy, she said, you need to stop joking about your hair. Because she said the other day, Chloe came in, Chloe's in Pastor's Pals, but Chloe came in and told Joanna, she said, Mom, she said, we need to pray for Daddy. We need to pray that he'll grow his hair back, you know, because I, I, I joke about it, and I'm not worried about it, okay? And here's why. You ready for this? When I had a full head of hair, Brother Tony, here we go. You know where I'm going? When I had a full head of hair, it took me a while. I mean, you, you, you didn't want to rush it. You know, you wanted to make sure that it was good. You want to make sure every hair was in place. Telling you what, things are different now. I don't have that problem. Doesn't take very long anymore, right, Brother Tony? I mean, it's just, it's a little bit easier. Brother Mark, it doesn't take quite as long. Brother Buddy, I even told Brother Buddy my secret. 
about a year or so ago. He said, how do you get it so shiny? I said, well, you just use just a little bit of hairspray to keep the, the strays down and that, that works as a good shine. But here's what I'm saying. Uh, we spend time working on the outside, do we not? We spend time in front of that mirror, and, and I'm not against that. I think spending time getting ready in the morning is a good thing. I think taking a shower is a good thing. I think brushing your teeth is a good thing. I think combing your hair, is a, that's all wonderful. I think making sure your clothes are clean, that's all wonderful. But I wonder sometimes if we spend more time working on the outside than we spend working on the inside. And can I tell you, the outward adorning, God says that's not nearly as important as the inner man. Notice verse number four. Let it not be the outward adorning, but verse four, let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament, that's a, a decoration. That is something that, that makes something look even better. We put ornaments on a Christmas tree or we put decorations on a wall to make it look better. And our focus should not be on the outside, but the focus should be on the inside, adorning and making the inside right, the Bible says, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So number one, we see subjection. Number two, the structure or the adorning or the arranging of, of how you put your life together. But number three, we see the spirit. The spirit is what's on the inside. The spirit is your attitude. The spirit is something that is not seen evident automatically, but it is revealed through our lives and through our words and through our actions. Our spirit, what's on the inside, will eventually come out. The Bible says for the wives to have a, a, a spirit. The Bible says that is meek and quiet. Now, that word meek means to be gentle. The word quiet means to be peaceable. And hang on. Now, fellas, do not say amen at this point. That's a warning, okay? Do not say amen at this point. But did you know that you can be quiet and still not be in subjection? It's called the cold shoulder. It's called the silent treatment. I'm so glad I gave that warning, fellas. I'm telling you, some of you are having to bite your tongue on that. But being in subjection is not just being quiet and saying, fine, go ahead. I'm not going to talk to you for three days, but sure, go right ahead. I'm going to be quiet and zip my lip. That's not subjection. But a meek and quiet spirit is that which is gentle and that which is peaceable. Our spirit, our attitude is so important. Number four, quickly, notice the success of the wife. For a wife, a success is when God sees it and God says, that's what I'm looking for. You see, that which is in the sight of God of great price, that which is noticeable and that which is valuable and that which is honoring to God, that is success. But that's not how the world defines success. You see, for the husbands... For the men, many times, the world says success for you is climbing the corporate ladder. And if you climb the corporate ladder, you're successful. But I would say this, men, if you climb the corporate ladder and you lose your marriage, that's not success. If you climb the corporate ladder and you, 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 you live your life for the world and you, you turn your back on God, that is not success. 
All the money in the world's not going to make you happy. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only Jesus brings fulfillment. That's where success is found. For the wives, I think in this passage, I think we see, it's, I think it's obvious here, but the world puts the emphasis on the outside. The world says, look good on the outside. You know, you got to have your, your hair just right. You got to have your makeup just right. You got to have your clothes just right. And I'm not against those things. But what I'm saying is the world's success is you got to make the outside look, look good. But God's success is to look good on the inside, to have a heart that is right with God, to have a heart that is pleasing to God, to have a heart to Submit to your husband, a heart to love your children, a heart to serve God. Notice quickly, lastly, I see in this passage, and this is amazing. I, I've, I've read this passage before, but I've never seen it like this. And don't worry, I'm not going to give you any heresy, but I want to show you something in verse number six. We see a sample, number five, a sample. It says in verse number Six, I should go up to verse number five. It says, for after this manner, we're talking about a, a meek and quiet spirit and having a, a, a heart that is right and, and a, a, that which is right in the sight of God. But then verse five says, for after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, that word holy means pure and blameless and those who are consecrated to God, the holy women also who trusted in God. Now, now don't forget that phrase there, these holy women of God who submitted to their husbands, it says they trusted in God. Okay, mark that. Make a mental note of that. We're coming back there. They trusted in God. They adorned themselves. They arranged their lives the way that God wanted them to do it. They were in subjection unto their own husbands. In verse number six, this blew my mind. Of all of the women in the Bible that God could have chosen to put in here, God said, even as Sarah. Now, Sarah, we know Sarah was the wife of Abraham, right? And Sarah was in subjection. The Bible says in this passage that she called her husband Lord. Now, ladies, I am not saying that that's what you have to call your husband. Now, I would prefer that you not call your husband jerk or, you know, those kinds of names, but maybe something kind of in the middle. But the Bible uses Sarah as an example, and Sarah submitted to her husband, and Abraham was the perfect husband, right? Uh, no. As a matter of fact, I knew he wasn't, but I went back and I looked at just a couple of examples. Let me give you one. It's found in Genesis 20. Abraham and Sarah, they go to the land of Gerar, and there's a king in Gerar. His name is Abimelech. And Abraham says to his wife, Sarah, he says, listen, he said, when we go into this place, you are not my wife, you're my sister. Remember that? And that got Abraham in trouble. That got Sarah in trouble. It almost brought the judgment of God down on that whole area because of what happened in that story. But do you think Sarah after that was saying, yeah, I'm just going to submit to this guy because he's always making the right choices. I don't think so. How about this? Sarah, when God told Sarah and Abraham that they were going to have a son, God told them it's going to happen. You know what Sarah did? She laughed. Now, and to be fair, she didn't laugh outwardly. And so you say, well, you know, she had a meek and quiet spirit. You know, she kind of kept it to herself. 
That's not the outspoken part. Here's the outspoken part. When the angel confronted her and said, hey, Sarah, why did you laugh? When I said that you're going to have a son and God's going to give you a baby, why did you laugh? Here's what Sarah said. Not me. I didn't laugh. Do you think that Sarah, do you think Sarah was the perfect wife? Do you think she had the perfect husband? Absolutely not. But here's the example. God uses Sarah in 1 Peter 3, and God put Sarah in Hebrews 11 in the Hall of Faith chapter. You know why? Because her trust was not as much in her husband as her trust was in God. And Sarah said, if God has told me that I'm supposed to submit to my husband, even though my husband makes mistakes, even though my husband drops the ball, even though maybe my husband doesn't always get it right, I'm not doing it because my husband said so. I'm doing it because I trust in God. And I believe that if God told me to do it, I believe that God will take care of it. You see, Sarah wasn't perfect. And Abraham wasn't perfect, but God used them. And they did their very best to follow God's plan for a marriage. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Sarah judged God as faithful who had promised. Last week we talked about the husbands. This, this evening we've talked some about the wives. Next week, Lord willing, we'll talk about both and some things that I think will help both. But here's what I'm saying. Ladies, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how difficult it probably is at sometimes to submit to a husband, even when you're not sure the husband's right. But husbands, I'll say this, we've got a huge responsibility on us because we will answer to God for the direction and for the decisions that we make in our home. But that's why we follow God's plan. That's why verse 7, husbands, you love your wives, you, you try to figure out your wives, you treat them with respect, you give them honor, and that's why the wife submits to the husband, not because we've got it all figured out, but because we follow the Word of God and know that God's plan for the home always works. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.